All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. Holy shit, Rosie, time is flying. Did you know that today marks the 14-year anniversary of the Golden Goal 2010 Vancouver Olympics? Sidney Crosby, where were you? That's cray-cray. Um, we're, oh, I just choked on my gum. We were about to play a game, and it was delayed in Hamilton because of the of the hockey game and then it went into the overtime and then people started filling up the building um anyways so they had it on the jumbotron and then both teams were in the bench in a full cops coliseum in hamilton standing there like half dressed looking up at the game and uh saw sid burn it down so it was a pretty cool memory i can't believe it's 14 years ago jeez it's actually crazy and as producer vic reminds me this is the 100th episode of season two of Leafs Morning Taste. So congratulations to us. Somehow made it almost through two seasons of this podcast. But yeah, like my story's not as memorable. I was watching the game at a bar in Burlington, Ontario with some buddies. And I just remember everybody going wild. And that game took forever to end. And it was nail-biting time, especially for for Canadian hockey. It was just such an important game. And, and I really feel like, and I know Crosby had won before that, but like that was a defining moment in his career. He scored that goal. Like I think he cemented himself as like an all-time great. For sure. I mean, those those generational guys have a bunch of those moments, right? Like international play, Stanley Cup, multiple Stanley Cups, Con Smythe, overtime winner, series clinchers, all that stuff. And I mean, when you look at the greats, they 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 rack up things like that and there's no bigger goal in Canadian history. I mean, you could argue it's bigger than Paul Henderson's goal in, in 72. Um, it was really big. I mean, I remember that, that 2010, man, it was like, especially cause it was at home. The Olympics were in Vancouver. We were going for the gold medal record for a, a hosting country. Like no one's ever got, the amount of gold medals that we were racking up. And we usually don't do that, to be honest. Russia just racks them up. It's the States mm-hmm. racks them up. And uh, it was like, holy, sh- holy, we're going to get this. And and then the curling team, the ladies female curling team was supposed to be a lock to get the record and they dropped it and they lost. And we're like, oh my God, it all comes down to the hockey game. The last thing of the games over time. I mean, it was all set up to be absolutely perfect. So what a wicked thing for Canadian history. And I can't believe it's 14 years ago. That's That's wild. 
Yeah, time flies. And again, that's why I'm wearing my uh, Canada hoodie today. And uh, it just brings back memories of an international competition. I don't know how excited I am for a year from now when they do like that Four Nations tournament. But uh, certainly 2026, uh, back at my parents' native land of Italy, there's going to be the Winter Olympics and it's all systems go. NHL is back in the mix. And perhaps on Tuesday night, we saw the guy who's going to start for Team Canada as their number one. Aiden Hill was a big story. So we're going to get to that. But off the top, Man, like Jake McCabe, it's been a tough goal the last month. Like this guy is always bleeding. His nose is always bloody. And again, it happened yesterday, just finishing a check and smacks into the boards. And next thing you know, he's bleeding again. Ever recall a time in your career where just you had a cut and it just kept getting bloodied up? Just on my hands, mostly. Um, Hands that would not seal, hands that were just gross because you get in a fight and you blow it open. Um, you get it stitched up on your knuckle, you fight again, blow it open, and you put it in a gross glove every single day for hours on end. And it's just, it doesn't, doesn't look good, but I used to have a nose problem where, um, it would bleed all the time, like as a kid and, you know, teenager, and then you get in all these fights. And I remember <laughs> just doing that, like crazy, going to the box, trying not to let the blood fly down. Um, cause they see it on the jumbotron. Everyone goes bananas and thinks you lost the fight just cause your nose got bumped. But, uh, yeah, I'm a kid that one picture it was when he got hit kind of kind of going back into the corner that big hit that was kind of controversial there's a still shot of him on the bench and his nose is sideways with a huge lump right here i mean just shattered his nose so you know it seems like once it rains it pours and with him he's leaking again so leads with his nose man you can't uh, you can't knock that and uh, boy soul writes in not a pretty boy like alberga and his birdcage that is correct especially Woo! in really hockey i'm not wearing a visor i'm not wearing i gotta wear something you just you can't you respect got, you can't trust anybody oh, out there huh? man you take heat in the chat rightfully so i do somebody said my uh my eyebrows need a uh, their own postal code the other day i don't know there's been a lot of backlash my way the last couple of days we got to get some original content, though. That's getting the caterpillars are getting old. We know that. We know you got yeah. pushy eyebrows. I know. I'm taking some backlash. I guess Leafs fans are see, uh, feeling super, super comfortable about life right now, even though this uh, win streak is over. And I would, too. I get it. Uh, we can take it. Speaking of taking it, uh, your former teammate, Nick Cousins, at it again. Like, this guy's at Matt Cook level. Did you catch this uh, from last night? I did, yeah. He's... Uh... I don't know if it's because I played with him. Like I lived right beside him and traveled to the game all the time. And he's a good guy And it. I chuckle and I don't get mad, but I'm trying to put myself in a space where I don't know the guy and to thinking how like <laughs> he's a rat. He He's owning it. Like Matt cook was a rat. Like he, these guys own it and that's what they're doing. So I'm not like getting mad going, Oh my gosh, you acted like you were hurt. And then you popped up. It's like, no, I know he's doing it. I know what he's doing. He's acting like he got fucking shot. Then he's jumping in there and, and being part of the scrap. And it's just, it is cousins. He's embracing it. He's always been that way. He just hasn't come to the forefront in the NHL, maybe because the teams he was on, I'm not sure. But right now, I mean, it's like a every week and a half ordeal. He does something just that, that just grinds people the wrong way. And, and rightfully so people don't like rats. It's a tough look. Like as a teammate, would you have that conversation with him? Do you care because he's been so successful at that type of grind? No, I don't. I don't talk to anyone about their game necessarily or how they go about their business. That's up to you. That's your career. And he's obviously finding success and he's been in the NHL for a long time. So you do your thing. But one thing I would say is if you're going to you're going to play that way. You just, just so you know, you better be ready to jump in there and make sure you're defending yourself. Make sure you're, you're stepping up when, when the bell rings and don't put your teammates in a position where they got to do something they don't want to do because of you. Um, that's kind of the fine line you walk. But, um, if you're stepping up there and and scrapping for yourself and stepping in, uh, in there when the other team gets pissed off by your antics, then, then I don't really have a problem with it, but I understand the frustration playing against this guy. And I also understand how his teammates would sometimes find it effective, but he's definitely straddling the line, maybe going a little too far um, and almost like being a hindrance to his team. So I, I'd be monitoring that if I was him. Yeah, I, I thought Eric Branson taught him a lesson a couple months ago, but I guess not. Like he got his his doors pumped off him and then all of a sudden he's pulling this shit out. I think it's uh, it's ugly. It's nasty. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. Like I, I think there's a way to play with integrity and to play that style, that brand is just ugly, especially when it's a team like Florida. Like that's the big story for me. He plays for the Florida Panthers. I think highly regarded as maybe the toughest team in the NHL, maybe the last couple of years. 
And that's the type of conduct. I mean, it's, it, I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of it. So what didn't you like? He's in, they're in, they're in a bit of a scrum and he gets kind of, a guy takes a swing at him and he falls down heavy. And then there's a huge scrum and he pops up and gets into it. Right. You just don't like that. He like fell down. Dude, he turtled, he, he turtles, he turtles on a game by game basis. Right. He's the first guy in the scrum. He'll do something stupid. Then he turtles anytime somebody tries to go after him. And, and yesterday he goes down, like he got shot all of a sudden he's pissed off. He gets up like nothing happened. So it was clear. He's trying to draw a penalty. Like it's the button. Oh, yeah. You know? He's trying to he's trying to draw a penalty. He's he's trying to get under the skin. He's trying to piss them off. He's trying to draw more penalties because they'll be thrown off their game and off their game plan, going after him, getting in his ear, trying to get retribution. And that's what rats do. And sometimes it's effective. Um, to be honest with you, like the Bastion hit when uh, Rempe yeah. hit Bastion, I believe, yeah, that pissed me off ten times more. Yeah. Like Nick's doing it for a reason to be effective and to get the other team off off their game. Bastion just laser. He gets hit, gets up, then like falls down, then takes his helmet off, then's fucking laying there. Like I tell my U9 kids, get off the ice. And then NHLers with on national TV checks his nose, then puts his head down. Like, are you were you waiting for your dad to run out there and grab you? Like that made me insane, man. Like, what a chicken shit play. So I don't different things bother me more. I think it's because I understand that rat thing and I know yeah. Cuzzy. I can understand how you're pissed off. And if some guys absolutely hate his guts, I, I smile and nod and say, yeah, absolutely, man. That's, that's what he's trying to do. Hey, I've interviewed Nikki before. He's a great guy, but uh, his game has morphed in the last couple of years and credit to him, man. He was like a fringe guy and now he's a mainstay NHLer and he does his job successfully. Exactly. But I uh, just not a big fan of playing that game. Producer Vic also writes in uh, Ridley Grigg. Uh, Ridley Gregg also did that against uh, Morgan Riley back a couple of weeks ago. And that's a prevailing story. Again, that's Jay Rosal. I'm Nick Alberga. This is the Wednesday edition of Lease Morning Take. Thanks uh, for being along with us. Presented by Botano at the Lease Nation 401, where you can subscribe here on YouTube. If you're watching right now, hammer that like button. Hammer that subscribe button. That'd be fantastic. Lease Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, make sure to leave us a five-star review. Maybe a bit of a quick write-up uh, as to how you feel about the show, what you're thinking about the team, what you want to see in the future of this show. All that is welcome. Again, Lease Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast, which leads us to the appetizer brought to you by DoorDash. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25, that's code Nation25, all uppercase, 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms apply. So the first loss since February 10th, the aforementioned game against Ridley Gregg and the Ottawa Senators, seven-game win streak over. Firstly, I have to credit the Vegas Golden Knights. This is what champions do, Rosie. They rose to the occasion. I thought they weathered the storm in the first 15 minutes of that game, and they played a really good road game. I think Vegas, first and foremost, deserves a lot of credit for that victory. Yeah, sometimes the other team just beats you, you know, and I, I thought yeah. the Leafs started well. I thought they were out chancing them at the beginning. They they started the, and set the pace for the game, which is, you know, what you always try to do. And usually it goes your way. But, you know, when you've got Aiden Hill and, and the 6D men, they got dressed back there and, and the talent pool and the experience level and, you know, Stanley Cup champions, it's you're not just going to run a team out of the barn by having a good first, you know, seven, eight minutes of the first period. They're going to respond. And when they did respond, the Leafs didn't adjust accordingly. And uh, at the end of the day, they didn't deserve to win that game. They really didn't. I thought the defensive breakdowns um, were weak. And on the offensive side of the puck, they just couldn't, they couldn't penetrate the middle of the ice. They couldn't penetrate their D and Aiden Hill when they did was there to be solid. So tough game to try to win. I mean, you just didn't see Austin Matthews go and take control like he did. You didn't see Marner out there. You know, Tavares was more of a liability than he was an asset. And, you know, then on the back end, I mean, Morgan Riley, I just, I just didn't like it at all. I don't like him with, with, uh, with TJ Brody at all. I, I, we got six lefties out there. So, you know, half your decor is playing their offside, which they haven't really probably played their whole life, which makes it feel awkward. Everything's backwards. And it's just a recipe for, for kind of ugliness. And I, I just don't like how they keep going back to Brody and Riley. It just, it's just a, a recipe for ugliness. And I know they tried to kind of fix that, but um, I just don't like seeing that, man. They're not good together. They're, they're totally lost at, a, at, at crucial times in a shift and it ends up in the back of their net. I mean, minus four speaks for itself. 
Yeah, I think it just reinforced what we already knew about this team, that they need to add at least one defenseman and that they got to clean up their D-zone issues. Like, it was the same old story for me. Like, we'll get to John Tavares. Just, you can't make mistakes like that and expect to win a game, especially in the NHL, especially against the defending Stanley Cup champions. I know Jack Eichel didn't play. I know Mark Stone didn't play. But those guys are gamers over there. I thought they got really, really good goaltending as well. But every time the Leafs made a mistake, it was in the back of the net. And I thought the back-breaking goal obviously happening late in the second period to make it a 3-1 game after 40. But right there with you on 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 the Brody and, and Riley pairing, I thought they were dreadful. Obviously, they were split up after 40, but a combined minus eight in the game where Riley and Brody, by far one of Riley's worst games, I think, of the season, period. Uh, they couldn't get a save. Like, it, it just nothing went in favor of the Leafs, and it's like the dreaded first game back from the road trip. We talked about it on yesterday's show with Anthony Stewart. I don't know what it is, but Vegas was focused there already. And and weirdly, I thought that as the game went on, the Leafs got worse and Vegas got better, which made no sense. You would think the start would be slow, no? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't really attribute it to um coming off the road trip. Uh they started well, like you said. It it wasn't yeah. really indicative of that. Why their home record is so much uglier than their road record. I don't know. Teams do that. I think it was the opposite last year. So if you're if you like to say, you know, this is how this team plays, regardless of what year it is, then you could say, well, what ha- what was what what changed from last year? Um, things are just different every year, and this year they're just not as good at, at home. And yeah, again, to to start the way you want to is usually crucial. That's usually like such a frustrating thing for the coach is to get them to start, you know, on time, ready, take control, come out hot, get the get the other team on their heels. And that's what they would have been preaching coming off the road trip and being at home and, and being ready and being prepared. And they were. But unfortunately, when the gates didn't open for them and Aiden Hill stood in there big and they didn't capitalize on their chances, you know a team like Vegas Golden Knights are going to be coming right back and they're going to gather themselves and and readjust and put the pressure back on you. And instead of being ready for that, they floundered. And they they abandoned their game plan, it seemed like. They they were totally spread out. They were kind of playing, you know, like like the Leafs have before this streak. And yeah. I mean, it's 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 not the end of the world. I'm not picking them apart. You like people are laughing going, Oh, same old Leafs. It's like, what? Well, if it was a 10 game winning streak, is it okay to lose the 11th one? If it's a 15 game winning streak, is it okay to lose the 16th one? No. As soon as that team falls, all the naysayers are going to come and start attacking them laughing, saying, Oh, same old Leafs. Well, fuck. Are they, are they never allowed to lose again? So Mm I, I, I took it with a grain of salt and, and understood how it happened, why it happened. Um, defense was was pretty tragic in their own end. The forwards yeah. did. Nobody had a real solid game. Maybe the fourth line, you could say. I mean, Reeves yeah. stuck out as as being a guy who was uh, a bit of a standout. I know he kind of had a somewhat meaningless goal at the end of the game, but had a couple chances as well, was skating well. But um, And then Samsonov just didn't have the big save when you needed it. You could have could have saved that breakaway, I think, on the second goal. Um, that third goal, I agree with you, was the backbreaker with, with Tavares, really. I mean, it's a one-on-one with Morgan Riley. He handles it just fine, gets it into the corner, or gets it to Tavares, who gets it in the corner and just loses two puck battles and then unloads it to a bad spot. And again, Riley and his partner are just nowhere to be found when, when the puck gets centered to the, the dangerous areas. So... You do enough of that, it starts to add up, and you're against the Golden Knights. That's a recipe for your first loss in seven games. Have you seen Mighty Ducks D2? Of course. Sometimes in the Leafs zone, it feels like it's Connie, Mon- Connie Moreau. You know that whole like scene where um, Robertson gets called for roping, and Connie's just like in, in the corner, and nobody's around, and she can't get the puck? Like That's how it feels at the Leafs sometimes. <laughs> like, dude, I, just, I don't understand why they just can't simplify it and be like, Tavares just... Rip it around the boards. Like they're they're afraid to ice the puck. And I noticed that again last night. But like you, like I'm not gonna get too out of bent out of shape over this game. Like you're not gonna win every game. I mean, there's 82 games, you fire off seven in a row, you're feeling better, you put yourself in a better position in the standings. And I don't think effort was the reason they lost that game. I just think, as you mentioned, uh, the opposition just a bit better. They executed and they capitalized on the mistakes of the Maple Leafs. Like it's going to happen sometimes. Again, I think it reinforced some of the needs of this team, but I didn't walk away from that game being like, wow, you know, the Leafs played like shit. I thought they played pretty decent. And um, to your point, I think the goaltending was um, a difference maker in the game. Like Aiden Hill, after he was pulled last week in Vegas, I thought it was superb making 29 saves. And I thought Ilya Samsonov was just okay uh, surrendering five on 35 or 31, excuse me. 
Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, I mean, everything stacked up against them, right? Uh, They just didn't have it. And the new retribution was going to be, you know, the, the key motivating factor for the golden Knights and they're a really good hockey team. So you're not going to win them all. And when I started this pot, I said, you know, the the hardest part about playing in Toronto is just one hiccup and just an attack Mm -hmm. and an onslaught and just the weight of the world just automatically just overflows into your locker room. And Oh my God, the sky is falling and it's total bullshit because no one gave a rip when the Vegas golden Knights got smoked by the Leafs you know, last week, it was just, okay, move on to the next one. It's just, it's so easy to move on with other organizations. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs just have to bear the weight of the world from every goddamn loss. It's, it's not fair. And it's one of the reasons it makes it so difficult to play. There is the scrutiny that you endure. And after a seven game heater, when they're playing they they were the best team in the league sans maybe the, the, the New York Rangers there during that run. And it's just like you can't just snap your fingers and just take that all away from them. They're playing really good hockey. And if I was Sheldon Keefe right now, my main focus on this morning was put yesterday behind you. We've learned from it. We'll watch video and see where it went wrong. No big deal. But we are still high on our horse. We are still full of confidence. We still know how to play hockey. We have still found a formula to play really good hockey and to win hockey games. And we got some big games coming up. And we're going to keep that with us to just completely park that loss and pick up where we left off before the, the game against the Golden Knights. And that's the only way you can approach it. And if any fan or anyone else is saying differently, then you're, you're just being a hater. And you're not a fan because if you see the kind of hockey that the Leafs have been playing the last several weeks and then that performance last night makes you bail on them, then then check your coat because there's no problem. There's no there's no reason for you to be a fan or watching or or following this team if that's your attitude because you're you're hurting more than you're helping. I think coat check's way too expensive. Uh, I'm the guy who doesn't check. I don't know coat. why I said check your coat anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, no, one time I, I didn't check my coat at my favorite bar, Two Cats, and my Sportsnet jacket was stolen off a hook uh, under the bar. So... Uh, maybe you should check your codes, but can you tell me how Mitch Marner was flagged for tripping with five minutes left, especially watching that game, knowing that Vegas had four power plays, the Leafs had one, uh, the rest for the most part, had stayed out of the game. Like I totally commend Sheldon Keefe for ripping into Garrett rank. I think the official last night where it's like, it's so inconsistent and I've never been Mr. Fuck the refs guy, fuck the league guy. I think it's tough to to officiate any sport, never mind the fastest game, um, you know, running right now in the NHL. Like, it's tough. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't understand, again, how a team so stacked like the Maple Leafs struggle on a nightly basis to draw penalty calls. Like, it makes no sense to me. And then and then you call that ticky-tack bullshit on Marner with five minutes left. Like, I'm not necessarily saying they're going to win that game. But, like, come on, you can't call that shit. Yeah, it's a bad call. I mean, there's just there's no doubt about it. And I don't know what the deal is like if, you know, if it's the Leafs and and you feel like, you know, a lot of eyes are on you and you don't want to seem, you know, the whole day the refs are in Toronto and they're they're feeling the the excitement of game day in downtown Toronto and they're feeling the buzz and they're going, okay, I got to stay level, got to stay level, you know, like don't be biased and you know, the, the whole city and it's not like the crowd's super loud and like really into it, but you know that the Leafs are trying to get back into it. And, but again, it's four one in the penalties for, you know, in favor of the golden Knights and they certainly haven't had not been biased all day long. So why you'd call that ticky tack. I just think he couldn't see Mitch Marner's stick was close to him. And the guy kind of like hiccup steps and falls down, which would be yeah. a prototypical tripping call this day and age. And he just missed it. And it's a shitty call and he fucked up and that's the end yeah. of the story. And he will probably wants it back. And if those guys watch tape or analyze their games or anything like that, then he'll probably realize I, I missed one there, but you'd think you would err on the other side. I, I don't know. I don't know how it happens. I, I don't claim to think I could be a better ref than some of the guys out there, but the consistency is, is worrisome. And sometimes I find that it's because of the rules. It's full contact sport, but you can't hit a guy's head. It's full contact. And it's just like, well, how, how is a ref supposed to call a game consistently when there's, there's really no cut and dry rule on what you're allowed to do as far as body checking is concerned. And you know, it's a fast game and they've opened it up since 2005. It's a long time ago now, but you know, you, you can't hinder a guy. You can't have your stick between his legs. You, even if you're just reaching for the puck and he steps on your stick, you're still going to the box. Like that's been established. So I guess they're trying to call that type of a a call and he just, he got it wrong and it is the way it is. And, you know, we've had our games where we get four, one power plays and we usually win those games. And it's just, it is the way it is. I'm just chalking it up to 
bad call. And I don't think all of them were. And the Leafs didn't play well enough to win. And Vegas did. So that's the end of the story. I'm not going to get too hung up on it. Keith got booted. Uh, I could only wonder how that feels on the bench when your head coach is snapping, going crazy. And I get you're losing the game, but guys have to be laughing now. Uh, you just, it's just good to see passion behind you. And, yeah. and instead of him screaming at you, he's screaming at the refs. This feels better than that. And then you can, you know, think that after the game, maybe he's going to be a little more focused on that kind of thing rather than picking guys apart and getting pissed off and taking his frustrations off on individuals or the team in general. But, uh, Anytime a coach is losing it behind, you just know that he's going bad for you and for for your team. So it doesn't bother you at all. And it didn't seem like he was going overboard either. He's not tearing his suit off and chucking sticks and water bottles in. There wasn't a stream of explicit or expletives going out of his mouth. All the players kind of said, yeah, he really didn't say that much. I think the refs just, I don't know, maybe they knew they were, they were kind of screwing the game up a little bit and just said, we can't let this get even more out of control and just punted them. There's only a couple minutes left, but... Uh, was what it was. I don't mind the passion whatsoever. Purely curious to see what happens next time Garrett Rank officiates a Maple Leafs game if they get more calls. The lobbying, like there was minimal lobbying after that. Like I don't know if you caught the post game comment. Sheldon Keith wouldn't comment on what he said, why he was pissed, which is unlike him. Obviously, he didn't want to take the fine, but you can still comment on it. And he didn't do that. Yeah, I just don't think he wanted to get into it. Maybe just maybe he realizes there's no point. There's nothing you can change. And if he gets into it, he's just going to get more pissed off and then probably get fined. And then there's going to be a big, uh, you know, a whole bunch of questions tomorrow about the fine. And do you believe this? And do you believe that? Just fucking move on. Like, I can see why he's just like, screw it. And you can see the reporters in Toronto. Yeah, we don't want to let it go. Oh, we don't want to let it go. Oh, we really want a soundbite. Come on, please, Sheldon. And he's just like, beat it, man. Like, it's it's a tough spot to be in. He's done a trillion interviews, and I'm sure he's learned. And at that particular point in time he's just like i'm not going there so so move on beat it hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, the captain, uh, John Tavares, uh, they were showing clips throughout the night. Didn't look right. Um, that's as demonstrative as, as I've seen John Tavares look in his career, like on himself. We know he's hard on himself. We know he's a passionate guy, but he he was fighting him, man. He could even string a pass. And again, he missed a couple games, uh, you know, about a week ago. Doesn't seem right. Um, you know, I wonder if the right play here actually is for the Leafs to sit him for a couple games, not because of his play, just to get him right, get him healthy. I think you have to have the long term in mind here, no? Demonstrative. That broadcasting school's really paid off. No, I disagree with you completely, man. You bench your captain, and like he's not hurt. He said he's healthy. He no, said it's, uh, it's it's like John, you're banged up. There, there's no doubt this guy's banged up. He said he's a hundred percent, man. He said I'm a hundred percent healthy. And why isn't he just in a slump? Why do you think he's hurt? Dude, they show the video. He's wincing. He's like ah ah ah. Every time he took a punch in the league, you're wincing. The same shit. You're just you're just not gonna you're just not gonna health bomb him. He says he's healthy, he's healthy. If he's not, then that's a different story. But I think you gotta let him play through this. Uh 
I just don't think it's worth putting him on the shelf because you would be essentially healthy scratching him. And that would be the biggest story and the biggest distraction and the biggest fucking bunch of bullshit in Toronto with all the media. And they would just swarm over and swoon over and write about it. It'd be a joke. And I don't think it's the play. No, I, 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 I agree. You're not, you're not healthy scratching your captain, but even if he's not hurt, I don't know. Like he has to be dealing with something like he has to be. I think they, they showed the clips the last couple of games. He missed that game. He had a minor technical issue. Like, I think something is clearly up. It's pretty simple. Hey, he's banged up. He's going to miss a few games. That's all I'm saying. Like I, my, my mentality here is like, you want JT for the playoffs. You want him for the stretch drive. If that means sitting him right now, I think you do it. It's not about his play. I think he's actually been pretty decent of late. No, I agree. I mean, that's up to to him. If he's hurt, he has to let it be known that he is hurt. And and if they know he's hurt, then they got to sit him down and say, hey, do we need, you know, five days off of, of rest and um, of rehab and of physio and of just being in the athletic training room and getting healthy. And that would be the play 100%. But he's not saying that's the problem. And maybe... At the end of this week, he is out and he does say I'm doing some maintenance stuff. I don't know, but all I can, I don't know. I'm not in the room. I'm not John. I don't know what to to tell you other than he says he's healthy. So he's not coming out. And if he says he's healthy and then gets pulled out, everyone's going to go, okay, are you lying or is he scratched or what's the deal here? But until he's a professional, he's played a ton of hockey. He knows what's up. I think he knows what's best for the team too. And if he needs some time off, I'm sure he'll take it. Yeah, definitely. It was just something that stuck out for me in that game. And um, obviously, I don't know if that in- injury could have impacted his decision making on on the goal, the, the the second period late goal there that made it 3-1 for Vegas, because that just it's just a play you have to make. I don't care if you're John Tavares or, or Noah Gregor, and he just didn't make the right play, tried to reverse it around the boards. So obviously, it was intercepted and Vegas scores that goal. So they got to clean that portion of the game up. I'm just curious to see what happens over the next couple of weeks when it comes to John Tavares, because I, I think they were showing some of the clips and just watching him, he just looked a bit off. I, I thought in general, I wasn't crazy about that line. I know it, it's been a big story of late with McMahon and, and Robertson. I, I didn't think they were particularly good, but to your point earlier on, probably the best line was the fourth line. I just thought they they, they were missing that jump that we saw through that seven-game win streak. It's going to happen. I mean, you're just not going to have it every night. And I'm I'm more curious to see how they respond, right? Like, the response is always the bigger part of the story. It's like, you're going to lose games, but how do you respond, A? B, how do you respond against a team like Arizona, who is a wounded animal right now, man? They've lost 13 straight games. They lost to Montreal last night. And then C, you know Arizona owns you in your building. We just talked about this last week, how the Leafs suck against Arizona, period. But the numbers are even worse in Toronto. I think they're 10-1-1 against the Leafs in the last, uh, what, 12 games in Toronto. So, like, I'm curious about the response. Like, I think they need a major league effort, professional effort and clean this up. Yeah, it is a response. And they didn't, uh, last night, they just, they didn't, they didn't respond to the, to the response of the golden Knights. And, you know, you talk about Nick Robertson and Bobby McMahon. Well, where was Austin Matthews and Marner and Nylander? They, they, they couldn't penetrate either. It's just one of those games. You don't have it. You're skating in mud. You're getting pressed to the outside. You're getting wedged to one side. Every time they, uh, the, uh, the opposition's got numbers on you all the time and you just can't get your chances. And when you do Aiden Hill standing there shutting the door. So it's just, it's just one of those, one of those games. Hence why I say, move on. Don't worry about, don't get too worked up. But, uh, you know, the response should absolutely be find our game and, and, and game plan. Don't wheel and deal. Don't go to individual efforts. Don't try to dangle everyone. Don't try to have a highlight reel. Just play solid like you do did during that seven game stretch. And what a great opportunity to do that against the Arizona Coyotes and, and smoke them in your own barn, just like you did last game and put a little you know, a little stamp on it saying, no, no, we know what we're doing. And then you're prepared for the New York Rangers for the big game on Saturday. It's nice to have that buffer, but they need to play their game plan and simplify the game and do what they were doing for seven games. And to me, that's a a systematic mindset game plan type thing where if, if this team they've proven, if they do it against anybody, they can be at the, at the top of the scoreboard at the end of the night. So just play your game together, solidly, smartly, and and you you can win. And I mean, if you do that against Arizona, you'll smoke them. And and then you're prepared and you're back on your horse for the big game against uh, the Rangers. Does Thursday night not feel like the perfect time to bring Joseph Wall back? 
I, I know yes. I think everything I just mentioned about Arizona, but I, I think it's got to be Wall, no? 100%. Like, Sammy didn't have his best game. Um, he knows he could probably, you know, use that break, and it's a good opponent to go against Wall. He's ready. I think that'll be coming up on a week that he's back with the team healthy, like basically activated. So 100%, I would be surprised. If, what are you going to do, ride Wall, or ride Sammy for Thursday and Saturday? Are you going to go to Sammy on Thursday and then put wall in Saturday against the Rangers. Like, no, it makes complete sense for me to get wool back going on Thursday against a, a, a very wounded team. Try to get him back to rolling where, you know, the team hopefully has the puck possession. Most of the game, the chances won't be, you know, a big stretch out where he's got to do something crazy to make the saves. He can work on his timing, work on his angles, make the saves, hopefully get a W and, you know, be rocking and rolling with starting off with some confidence. It's I'd be shocked if they didn't go to him. Yeah. Because I think you look at the upcoming opponents, they got Boston in there, they got Buffalo in there. They got the Rangers on Saturday. I just think it makes way too much sense. If you want to flip flop back and forth, moving forward, assuming everything goes well with a wolf start on Thursday, I just think it's the right play. It's an inferior opponent. Um, I think you need that lifting moment too, when you play teams like that. And I think uh, the energy of bringing back your, your stud net minder, I think what would, would pay dividends for this team. I expect a response and you're going to have to put him in there at some point. And uh, he's passed every review possible since coming back a week ago. He was stellar in his AHL performance against Laval over the weekend. So yeah, I think you got to do it. I think the pathway is there too. Like Samsonov wasn't particularly good again uh, on Tuesday against Vegas five on 31. And he had some comments about being tired after the game. So like there, there's your answer that that's why you do it right there. Yeah, I think if they don't go to Wool, I think they're they're overthinking it, sure. and I don't yeah. understand their process. Like, why not leave them on the Marlies to play another game earlier this week if if you're not going to play them on Thursday? Um, all signs point to him playing, and again, I wish we had the information because we wouldn't have to speculate, but I don't think it's a hard decision. I think it's a no-brainer. Like you said, all avenues line up to here's a great opportunity to get Wool and, and get him a W and and get him rolling again with some confidence as opposed to, you know, it's always, it's always tough putting them back in like your, your first game back from injury or whatever is always difficult because you want to go get your feet under. You want to have a good start. You want to start off on a positive high note, which is why guys usually keep it really simple when they're coming back from injury or first game of the season, that type of thing, get your legs under you, um, be simple, do some simple things that, are uh they can build on your confidence and all of a sudden you start to feel the flow and you get a rhythm going and then all of a sudden you're back in it as opposed to you know you start them on saturday against the rangers and maybe they don't have the best start and he lets two in quick and then oh god you know and then it's the whole narrative of the media in toronto is he is he as good as we think and is this his year and how bad did that oh my god just get the kid in there against arizona do the right things in front of him, get him a win. And now you got your big boy rocking again alongside Sammy. And we'll see who steps up to take the number one spot. And it very well could be Joseph wall game on game on. I like that. Don't forget. They got a third goal tenor, maybe even a fourth, uh, depending yeah. on conflicting reports. The last uh, 48 hours when it came to Matt Murray, man, that's wild stuff. We talked about that on Monday, Matt Murray's emerging. Then Tuesday, it's like, nah, not so quickly. No, I don't think so. He's not around. Like, is that just lip service or what know, is God. that? As if we're going to activate this guy as part of the team, uh, he might be ready for the last week of the season. Oh, yeah. Then we're going to activate his four plus million dollar contract and just blow the cap out the ass and just completely blow this team up the last week. Yeah, that's really well, smart. There's, no, there's like, no cap in the playoffs. There's no cap in the playoffs. Right. But you're going to activate him the last week of the playoffs. You can't even, are you just going to activate him for the playoffs? What's the black case? You're going to put him in a playoff game? I hope not. <laughs> if they're putting, I don't even understand why you Matt Murray in a playoff game. This team is cooked and we'll talk to you in the summer. You know, I don't understand even speaking about Matt Murray. He's not playing this season. They're not going to put it like, it's just not happening. I don't know why they did that. Maybe just lip service to the NHL to say, we're, we're moving along in the right direction. Probably won't be ready in time. I don't understand, but him and yeah, I just, he's not even on the radar, man. So Dude, that's like a, telling me John Klingberg's coming back, right? Just tell me fucking Klingberg's coming back at this point. Well, I know. What about that? Like, what he, <laughs> I don't even, I'd love to know these conversations on this LTIR stuff behind the scenes. Like yeah. I, what if the guy's pushing, like what if Klingberg's pushing going, you guys, 
I just saw the doctors. I'm not hurt. I got my second <laughs> opinion. I'm ready to rock. I'm here to make something of myself so that in the off season, I have some value. Like, and they just go, no, like then you could, it, it could just be a whole can of worms. And it's interesting, man. I've like to get out of both those contracts. Murray and Klingberg is a godsend to this team right now. And how have they, are they really injured? I don't know, but it's, it's odd. It's odd, man. They just got yanked off the books when they were playing like shit. And it was like, they're done. They're not, they're not coming back. LTIR. They're hurt. And the guys just went along with it is kind of crazy. You can uh, thank Lula Amarillo for the whole Robita Island thing. But yeah, I just thought it was so curious. Like Matt Murray, his name has been just so far gone in the minds of Leafs nation. And all of a sudden Keith says the, the, the wrong thing, I guess. Like, I don't know if they're, they're trying to keep their options open. They got Martin Jones. They got three goalies. Like they can put them on waivers. Like it's your just typical another day in Toronto. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece Program and an unbeatable pricing policy. For more information, go to CharmDiamondCenters.com. Before we look at the Atlantic Division standings like we do most Wednesdays, I would like to prompt all of you in the chat for questions as we're doing once a week, as you know, on this podcast courtesy our new friends over at great clips we're taking your questions from youtube we're packaging it up and it's going out in social media so uh, we'll answer some of your questions coming up so get those ready whatever you want to talk about from the trade deadline anything from uh, a maple Leafs point of view get those questions ready i will prompt you in mere seconds but first rosie the atlantic division standings they're eight points back of florida and boston detroit's coming man they've won six in a row patrick kane's been a revelation there they're on fire alex Lyon's been a great story and the Leafs suddenly just two points up on Detroit for third in the Atlantic division here. It's so crazy how it changes. Like four point games, you lose one, the guy behind you wins, the guy ahead of you wins. And all of a sudden there's this huge spread when you think, you know, you're gaining ground and you're leaving guys in the rear view mirror, a four point swing, call it a six point swing. If the guy above you moves ahead too, and all of a sudden it's completely different. But yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I just don't think they're in any... <laughs> just with the amount of games Tampa's played, I just don't see them falling out of that wild card. I would not want to teeter on the wild card for too long, but maybe it's what this team needs to to keep the fire under their belly before uh, before playoffs. I don't know, but yeah, it's tighter than it looks. And sometimes you think you're getting that grace period and, and things change in the matter of one evening, especially a weekend. So it is what it is, but they're sitting there in third and they're looking all right. And they've got games in hand as their biggest uh, biggest asset right now is that, you know, they control their own destiny with those games in hand. Phenom writes in, at least Tampa is fading. I couldn't agree more. Like a game Tampa should have won. Philadelphia is so banged up. No Drysdale, no Ristolainen, no Konechny. And they stomped Tampa. Like there's just something off about Vasilevsky. Obviously losing Mikhail Sergachev too doesn't help that team. And uh, Tampa, you, they look beatable. Like I would love for the Leafs to play them. I think the Leafs have their number the last couple of years anyways. But I just wonder about Tampa, but the, the division in general is just so strong. Like you look specifically at Detroit, as we just mentioned too. So the Leafs need to keep on winning. Um, it helps when you have Arizona on Thursday, but never overlook your opponent. I just, again, I want to see a response. I want to see the big boys show up again. It's pretty, uh, pretty simple to game plan what it should be for Arizona. Yeah, for sure. Get back on track play that I mean when you watch them play and I'm sure they felt it in the room and on the bench too it was a much more you know team it was a team effort they were playing they were on the same page they were playing together I know that's just such lip service or that sounds like such a cliche but that's how it feels is when everything's buzzing and like each line knows what's going on and everything's just running seamlessly and your defense are 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 keeping things to the outside and then just quickly and effortlessly moving the puck up to the forwards. And then they move it with support and you just enter the zone. Simply you get chances. You, you forecheck and turn the puck over. Like you just make the opposition scramble all the time. And it feels like you're in control. And that's what they did for those seven games that they were just winning. And it was like, that's the least team that we need because when they're not playing well, you can just see it's individual efforts and this league is not made. It's not basketball. You can't just have one really good player basically carry your team and, and get a W it does not work that way. It's a, it's a 20 man system and everyone, at least majority of the team has to be on the same page to get wins in this league. And they got away from that a little bit last night. No big deal. Park it, move on. It's a tough league, a tough opponent. And you got to pick up where you left off against Arizona here on Thursday and, and play that team game and you get back on track. That's got to be their MO. 
Tammy writes in, no, Nick, not Tampa and Toronto anymore. She doesn't want to see that series. I, I totally get that. I think we're all tired of that at this point in time, eh? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's not really on my radar for them to I mean, wild card, whatever. It just doesn't seem like it's lining up for that. But it's a tough division. Boston, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Florida, they thought that, you know, Buffalo and Ottawa were going to be uh, make a bigger step. They didn't really. Um Florida's solid again. And then you talk about the wings and getting Patty Kane and making a difference yeah. and being on a heater right now. Now they're clipping at people's heels too. So a tough division to be in, man. I mean, I, I don't think people that, uh, that bag on the Leafs will ever give them credit for that, but they play in a very difficult uh, division this era. Now it's time to prompt you for questions. As mentioned, uh, your friends over at Great Clips, if you've got uh, questions, fire them our way right now. With more than 4,400 hair salons throughout the United States and Canada, Great Clips is the world's largest hair salon brand and official hair salon of the NHL. Salons are locally owned and operated and open seven days a week. Your time is valuable. Use the Great Clips check-in app. See the wait time. Check in on your phone and get your haircut when you want. I saw a pretty good one here from Sir, Sir Boblaws. Can't even pronounce that, but odds of Reeves fighting versus the Rangers. What would you put them at, Rosie? Yeah, I think it would be fairly high, man. I mean, he's buzzing. People are talking about him as being um, more effective in the lineup. I'm sure he'd like to reiterate that. And I mean, obviously, we're talking about Rempe over there, right? And that mm-hmm. kid has been coming out like a buzzsaw. It seems like he is everywhere in uh, in the media world. Guys love his sound bites. They love his scraps. They love his size. They love his story. And he does not seem to be scared. He's he's going in there against some tough guys. His scrap against Delorie was, was as throwback old school as it gets. Um, my only caveat is he probably got knocked down a peg or so against Olivier there. Confidence probably took a little bit of a hit after nothing but accolades and celebrations on on his part. He gets knocked down a, a peg or two by taking a fairly, it was a fairly convincing that he lost that fight. You know, no, not the end of the world, but maybe he wants to get back on that horse and challenge Reeves. Very, very good possibility. And Revo hasn't fought in a long time. I think we mentioned that here already this week or last week, but um he has not fought in a long time. And I imagine with things buzzing for him right now, he just scored. If he could get a very convincing um, win at the right time on his terms against Rempe on a huge Saturday night game at home against the, the Rangers, I think that would be huge for him. So I think it's setting up for it to be a very high possibility. We could see a Saturday night back-to-back of tilts. So they got the Rangers Saturday, and then the following Saturday, I believe, March 9th, after the trade deadline, they have the Montreal Canadiens and Arbor Jackeye. And yeah, you referenced it. Um, Reeves hasn't fought since the second game of the season when he fought Marcus Foligno of the Minnesota Wild. Game one, he fought Jackeye. Game two, he fought Foligno. And and, and that's it. Like, uh, you know, I wonder what the over-under was on Reeves' fights in year one as a Maple Leaf. I would have smashed the over, but that's been a, a prevailing story. And, um, I think the odds are very, very high. I'm, w- I'm right there with you. I think Rempe's going to want it. I think Reeves is going to want it. And we're going to see it on Saturday night at Scotiabank Arena. For more information, check out greatclips.com. Great Clips, it's going to be great. I know uh, somebody else also asked, John D. asked, if Joseph Wall is part of the asking price for a right-handed shooting defenseman, do the Leafs pull the trigger? No. Zero chance. No way. They no way. they think he is potentially the future of the crease in Toronto. He's a talent that they have cultured themselves. They went out and drafted the kid and they've been grooming him behind the scenes and he has stepped up and done great things for them. They would absolutely not bail on him right now. And and to leave them with what, Sammy? Like, no, not a chance, not a chance. That's not the first rounder and guys like Minton and Cowan would be in the mix long before Joseph Wall was. Yeah, and I think the great thing with Wall, too, is the contract, especially if you've committed and recommitted to the core four. To have Wall, I think, what, uh, it's still one more year, I believe, might be two on the ELC. I think you're feeling pretty damn good about life, and you want to keep him in the mix at the very least for the next couple of years. I don't think he's going anywhere. So, yeah, that's an abundant no from both of us. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19-plus. Please play responsibly. Major announcement, Botano is the official partner of Copa America 2024, taking the beautiful game to new heights in the Americas. Join Botano on their journey of passion, unity, and unforgettable football moments. Just two games on the slate tonight in the NHL. I'm going to hit Connor McDavid and the anytime goal. He hasn't scored in 10 games, man. It's pretty crazy. It's the uh, Oilers and the St. Louis Blues. So give me a Connor McDavid anytime goal. And the Rangers and Columbus, we talked about the Rangers, man. They were on a 10-game heater. 
lost to Columbus out of all teams on Sunday. They can return the favor. I think they will. I think to extract a bit more juice, I think you take the Rangers, uh, the the uh, live or the the money. Excuse me, the three way uh, money line in that game. So to win in regulation, anything else you like? Yeah, it just makes me wonder, Olivier and uh, in Rampe, is Again? there going to be yeah. another go? I don't know. It's tough going uh, right back to the guy that you lost to if you're Rampe, but also would love to get rep- retribution and kind of put that in the rearview mirror. But uh, that'd be interesting. But no, like we were talking about, can't believe Konzai McHazus hasn't scored in that long. Uh, it shows yeah. why they've kind of on a little bit of a, a slide there, along with Skinner not playing as good as he has been, which was a huge reason they were on that huge run last month or whatever. But uh, no, to keep that guy off the board, I, I wonder if his values cooled down, but I'm sure he stays pretty juiced. But I, I like yeah. the idea of him. You're not going to hold him down very long, so I don't mind that bet at all. The point race is fascinating. And again, it's going to start to cook over the next couple of weeks. I, I think right now that Austin Matthews is the betting favorite to win the Conn Smythe, but do not sleep on Nikita Kucherov. Has 103 points. Uh, Nathan McKinnon at 98. McDavid at 91. The great thing with McDavid, he's not scoring, but he's racking up assists like crazy. So this is going to be a really, really fun race. Uh, Rosie, excellent stuff. The heart trophy, you mean not the consmite, eh? Pardon me? The heart trophy, not the consmite. Yes, yes, the heart trophy. Thank you for that. We don't want to get roasted in the chat again for having a hiccup, or we might get some subscribers again. Excuse us for the hiccups, and producer Vic uh, saying 23 assists in those 10 games for Connor McDavid. He is fucking nuts. Uh, Very well put, uh, producer Vic. So, Rosie, excellent stuff. I know people already asking in the chat, the consmite, I wish, says uh, Sir Bob Laws, which I couldn't agree with more. I want to see an Austin Matthews consmite. That'd be great. You know you don't, you don't say what yeah. would that mean? That would mean what, what probably happened. Poop to Stan Lee. That would mean, but it would be very leafy if uh, Matthews won a con Smythe and they lost in the cup final. No. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. No, yes, I can. No, thanks. But uh, be a neat run. Yep. Uh, looking forward to Thursday's podcast, Rosie. We're going to tee up another outing with uh, Arizona. They've dropped 13 in a row. And of course, Alex Kerfoot, that video tribute. That's going to be a lot of fun too. <laughs> we'll see if they've cooled down on that but uh no i don't know i'd like to see your bet before that game too are you are you going to uh are you going to hedge the leafs or what are you going to take there you think they're going to no. drop this one at home it's a big difference to you being at home you say yeah they gotta win this they gotta win <clears throat> i think this team has has taken a turn for the better the last little while arizona sucks man if you lose that game i will not be happy about life and uh yeah it's pretty much what i would say about that Well, you got to watch to find out. Tomorrow's show, Thursday edition, coming up. Thank you to everybody in the chat. You guys are fantastic at the Leafs Nation 401. And thank you, as per usual, the producer, Vic. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Talk on Thursday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 